Hello and welcome back to the food market, everybody. In this episode, we are joined by my soul brother, Cooper Montgomery. Cooper also goes by Coop Mandala, and what a pleasure it is to finally have this episode to share with you all. Just a preface, Cooper was the one that actually ended up making this intro that I've been using since the very beginning of the podcast. So you just finished hearing uh, some of Cooper's magic medicine. Cooper is an artist of many mediums, and he has a huge role in my life. He is a musician, a visual artist, a poet, a soul brother, a visionary, and a medicine man with an emphasis on transformation through sound. He truly has been one of the biggest supporters of the podcast, and I feel so fucking blessed to finally share this podcast with you all. It's safe to say that this is a full one, and we go deep on this two-hour-long episode. I ended up having no questions. We just riffed and freestyled the whole time. Uh, we first started off by creating a ceremony with hape, uh, which is ground-up tobacco that comes from South America, and it ends up going up your nostrils. Cooper describes the hape medicine as phoenix medicine that allows us to go through our darkness and rise back in the delight of our lives, grounded with a new sense of gratitude. And it just, it brings you back to earth. It's, it's insane. Um, it's a medicine I am definitely looking to cultivate more of in my life, especially this year. And we also sat in a little cacao ceremony to start the podcast. Um, so the first 10, 15 minutes of the podcast are, are that hoppe ceremony. Um, so if the idea of that makes you a little uncomfortable, then I would say just skip ahead about 15 minutes. If not, then just a preface, there is going to be some, uh, some coughing, some, some hawking loogies, some blowing noses, uh, but it's all part of the process. And I think it actually makes a really fine addition to the podcast. Shortly after the ceremony, we start to dive deeper into conversation and flow chemistry. Cooper shares his story from being adopted at birth to traveling down to South America after graduating high school. The process of claiming his voice, making music, self-healing, acquiring his bus, which is a crazy story within itself, and tapping into his own magic. Without a doubt, this is one of the best podcasts I've recorded and I get to share it with you all now. Um, Cooper offers also some of his own beautiful original songs that have some very potent messages within them. We riff on the spiritual lessons of Trump, the wounded masculine, and the polarization that we are experiencing across the world today. We also talk about honoring the inner animal to rebalance yourself. And really, this is just scraping the surface of how deep and wide we end up going in this two hour long powerhouse of a podcast. Thank you, Cooper, for coming on. I can't wait to do this again with you in a solo cast. Um, at the end of the month, I have a podcast with Stefan and Cooper, the group, the Silo Sapiens, and, and we riff together. That one's a really fucking good one, too. Um, but I, I figured it was time to introduce you all to Cooper Montgomery. So now I would like to open up about some of the big shifts that are happening this month for me. Um, 
I ended up getting a new cacao sponsorship that I'll talk about in a second. Uh, there's new opportunities with Fit for Service that have been opening up and I am feeling the call with everything that's happening to take a six week long hiatus from releasing podcasts at the end of the month. So after I release the podcast next week with Kieran Blood and the week the following with the Silo Sapiens, I'm going to take about six weeks off from releasing podcasts during this time. I have a really big project in regards to a solo cast that I want to work on. I'm just going to wait to share any information uh, about that with you all until maybe the next podcast or the one after. Um, But yeah, it's going to be big and I need some time for it. And I'm also running out of recorded and edited podcasts. So this gives me some time to uh, record some new podcasts. I'm going to Costa Rica in April for two weeks for fit for service to attend one of the summits there and 150 super interesting people are going to be there. So I figure I'll at least get some podcasts there, see what comes up in March. And yeah, just for the quality of the podcast, my own mental health, things that are coming up. um, It makes sense that I just take a pause, not forever, but just a, just a nice exhale for a second. And Some of these exciting projects that are coming for me that I'm creating right now for Fit for Service are a public speech to connect with tech companies and open up uh, new avenues of leadership and connection with the High Line. Um, I'm going to use that as one modality to help me fund Fit for Service because it's a $15,000 program. And then I'm also going to start running team building workshops for tech companies here in Austin that have have the funds to make it happen and they're interested in projects like this. So I'm getting innovative uh, beyond just crowdfunding to create this dream and make it happen. And it's it's just going to make my life better. It's going to make who I show up as a man so much better. And it's going to make this podcast and the people that come on and the conversations and my ability to listen just that much better. So yeah, I, I'm just feeling a lot of gratitude and a lot of love right now. And fuck, I'm so blessed. I'm so, so blessed. And I have every intention with these blessings to pay it forward. And just as I'm receiving right now to continue to give and give. And this podcast is one of the mediums in which I get to do that. And then a final thing I, um, I'm creating a 21 day inner balance course that I'll talk about within the next week or two on the podcast, but it's going to be dope and I'm going to launch it in March. And I'm super excited to share, share these creations with you. Um, it just, it feels really good to, to channel, uh, this medicine and, and drop in with what I've learned and share it with you all in some form. So thank you for your support, for tuning in. And the last thing is that this episode of the podcast is sponsored and brought to you by Firefly Cacao. Initially, I was working with Cacao King and there were some big shifts with Firefly. It just, 
It's a better opportunity for me. It works out better for you. I'm actually able to get discounts on Kakao for those that use my code. And there's room for creating workshops and ceremonial spaces with Kakao and the Slack line um, within the next year or so with Firefly. So fucking super stoked for that. Firefly is the biggest distributor of ceremonial grade cacao here in the United States. Well, actually the North Americas. And my favorite is the Tantric Rose Blossom, which has cacao from Tanzania, pink rose petals, orange peel, Damiana, and licorice. Normally, I don't like drinking rosy things, but this is so freaking good. It just like yeah, it's definitely my favorite cacao blend and it's really cool because they come in these chips and you can just end up like throwing them in the blender and blending up some hot water, maybe some honey, some sea salt, some cinnamon, and I like to throw some grass-fed butter in, get those fats for that brain health. And it's it's been my favorite cacao by far. So if you are looking for energy that is clean, that doesn't create crashes like coffee, um, a chocolate beverage that tastes better than any hot chocolate you've ever had, or just a intentional drink that you can sit in ceremony and connect with your loved ones with. This Tantric Rose Blossom Cacao is next level. And you can use the code SLATCAM to get 10% off your order and further help support the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And without any further introduction, here is my brother, Cooper Montgomery. Okay, my brother, from here on out, we are recording. Beautiful, beautiful. Got this beautiful happy, start this ceremony of sharing. Yeah, man, I'm super start excited right. to drop into this podcast and, uh, you know, <laughs> we got this cacao, we're in Tatiana. we in Tatiana, us. the food market is... Man. Abundant. <laughs> we are thriving over here in the food market, thriving. my brother. We are sharing our food. Yes. Sharing our harvest with yes. the people. All the love. So will you, will you share? What uh, What is hape exactly? So hape is a medicine that originally comes from down in South America. I think many tribes use it all over. I think one of the... From Colombia and Brazil... I believe this one we are using right now does not have a label, so somewhere in South America. And it is what some people would call a shamanic uh, tobacco ash jungle snuff. Um, and they create this by burning the tobacco and then mixing it with different herbs from just their area. Um, it's a very grounding medicine, a very clearing medicine. and I like to personally call it Phoenix medicine because we consciously step into the fire, burn ourselves down into ashes. We kind of go through this little trial and tribulation, a little bit of pain, um, a little bit of suffering, you know, controlled suffering, a hormetic stressor in a way. And by going into that darkness, you know, it gives us this opportunity to feel that rise again and empowers us um, and we just you know when you go through those times of darkness in life and you come back to the light you're just filled with gratitude so it's uh tobacco is a great carrier for gratitude and for prayer 
So it's just beautiful for me, this beautiful tool that I can have with me always. And I mean, it's life is ceremony always, but then there's these microcosms of ceremony in them. And hape is this beautiful kind of vehicle for ceremony and gives you this beautiful opportunity to, yeah, to sit down, drop in and go through this quick little cycle, just a really quick one, you know, and then rise, you know, rise from the ashes and rise like the sun and keep shining even brighter. So yeah, glad to be here sharing this with you right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Likewise. Grateful to sit with this Phoenix medicine. I don't often do hape. It's offered and I don't feel the call all the time. Yeah. 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 For for this podcast, it felt... Feels really right. Yeah, it felt super right. Just as, as you said, this microcosm of ceremonies that we're able to induce within the grand ceremony that is life. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And and for me, podcasting is a ceremony, especially when I do it with my brothers and the people that I feel so connected to. It's just like... I get to create this platform that is the podcast, that is the line to mastery. And I get to check in with my own self-mastery through this medium. And then I also get to hold this space for others to you know, cultivate their own self-mastery through this thing that I'm creating. So yeah, it just, it, so feels, it feels right that something that is offering you so much transformation and love, like we drop into it before yeah. we drop into the podcast. Yeah, yeah, it feels so right, man. It feels so right start things off beautifully and yeah and like a in a way of honoring and just kind of tap us deeper into our heart space before we go on this this little journey here and i'm so freaking grateful man that you are carrying this medicine you know which is this beautiful what type of medicine is it it's a it's a space you're carrying around a space for people to be able to share their story and share some of their medicine and their tools and their journey. And then, you know, through this, there's going to be people out there who are going to get little bits and things from everyone's stories, you know, which is going to help them on their way, on their line to mastery. And so it's so beautiful. So thanks, brother. Yeah, of course. Thank Thank you, man. And you were supportive of it from the very get-go. I mean, um, when I realized I needed some form of introduction, <clears throat> you were the first person I reached out to to yeah. help me make it. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, the introduction to every single podcast so far has been such an honor. Through, such an honor. <laughs> through the work that you created. Yeah, brother. So thank you. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And now we get to share even more of your music and your insight yeah. and your medicine. So, like, yeah, man. let's do it, brother. Yeah, man. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, so do you want to. I like to a lot of times voice prayers with this. So do you like to open it? Cause then I'll serve you first and then I'll share some words and then I'll serve myself. So. Yeah. So you want me to start off with some prayer? Yeah. Yeah. If you feel close and setting. Yeah. Yeah. Just whatever's coming through the heart. Yeah. So may this hop in, this medicine, this podcast, this experience, um, these stories that we share be heart-centered and serve the highest good for those listening as well as ourselves. May the full moon here in Moab, Utah shine light upon us as we transition and put ourselves Mm. into spaces of discomfort so that we 
They rise from the ashes into the mighty phoenixes that we all are. May our Mm. wings spread and the fear within our head be released. We are free, we are free, we are free. We are here, we are here, we are here. We have come, we have come, we have come. We are the ones we've been waiting for. (laughs) All of our positive intentions and the unfolding of our purposes are magnified, accelerated, attuned to the frequency of grace and are in harmony with divine purpose. Aho. Aho, Hashem, the man. Beautiful. Okay. Thank you for your fiery medicine. Thank you, Pachamama, for birthing us all, giving us this beautiful playground to dance and play, to forget and learn deeper forever and ever. We are so grateful for your, your abundance, for how much you share with us for how kind you have been to us on this journey. For all your lessons that you teach us every day of strength, of flow, of growth, of impermanence, of balance. Thank you for birthing this medicine. Thank you for the ancestors who've walked before us, who've carried this through lifetimes all the way up from South America and now this medicine has gone worldwide because we're at such a special time where the medicines have heard the calling of all the pained hearts and they've left the jungle so we're in a time of great healing great pivotal change so grateful to have found myself on this path with this brother with all these wild highline monkeys so grateful for the music that flows through my veins this medicine in this moment clear our channels so we may be the purest conduits for source love energy may we get out of our ways and let just spirit flow through Thank you, Tankashala, great spirit. Thank you, Tatiana. The white lion is Bhakti Bliss. Trust bus. We trust, we trust, we trust. We flow, we grow, let go more and more. Here we are. Shine like stars, baby. Aho, ashe. Sajipananda, Ah, to the fires on the Mashivai. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. The fire. <sighs> the cleansing fire. <clears throat> oh. 
<laughs> and it's a great thing, it brings people closer together with the the snotting and slobbering, Whoa, tears. My goodness, yeah. Tears brother. are such a sign of release. Yeah. Really, really powerful medicine. Great for uh, moments of emotional turbulence if you're feeling like you need to get something moving. It's a great way to kind of help trigger that and help push that, you know, a little bit. Yeah. And then, sure. yeah, if you're just feeling a little too out of your body and you just need a little help coming back, Habe is a great, great medicine for that. <clears throat> Man, I got liquid coming out of my mouth, yeah. out of my nose, yeah. and out of my eyes right now. Oh, yeah. I feel clear, I feel grounded, and I feel really grateful to be here and Tatiana with you. Yeah. Yeah. Bless, man. What a gift she is, man. I did not not fully realize. For everyone who's tuning in, I was driving a Prius recently for the last couple years of my life, and through a wild journey, ended up quitting my job and kind of just a little bit started calling in like a shift, you know, of maybe going towards van life. And my friend was like, yeah, you should try and find a diesel. And I was like, maybe I can find an ambulance. And then... Was this Stefan? No, it was another friend. Um, I can't, we were traveling with a, a big group of people. And funny enough, one of the friends who was with me on this journey... Um, who actually drove me to the spot where I met Tatiana for the first time, was driving the exact same bus. (laughs) And so we all get out of the river, and we come back, and yeah, there's this other bus pulled up right next to it. And we're like, huh. We start talking to the guy, and he's just super, super trippy alien medicine man. Shout out Mikael Avalon. (laughs) And I go in and check her out. I'm like, wow, this is cool. And then he says that he's trying to sell her for five 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 and my heart was just like i feel like that's how much your prius is worth man you should ask him if he wants to trade (laughs) and so i asked him when i'm sitting in the bus too before i found two cards and i can't remember exactly but they were one of them was change of place was one of the cards sitting in the front of his bus. <laughs> and there's just all these beautiful stickers, trust, and these beautiful prayer flags that just super aligned with me in the journey too. And so I ask him and he sits there and he's like, let me think about it for just a second. And he's like, I've been waiting for the right person. Two people have offered and they just kind of weren't right resonation. And he kind of felt me out a little bit. We talked and then he's like, you're the one, man. You're the one. Let's do this. Let's do this. So we just drove over, freaking slept one more night in our cars, woke up the next morning, got everything out, switched, and then boom, it's in a bus. <laughs> and it was perfect for him, too, because he was just kind of looking for one of the things he said. He's like, I'm just trying to get to Texas with AC. So this is perfect. <laughs> and then it's such a gift for me because one of my main passions is sound therapy and sound healing which involves very many big instruments. (laughs) So this is a perfect place, and now I get to carry around all my medicine tools. And so more and more, yeah, I'm just so grateful for it. I knew she was a gift, but I didn't know, and I'm just learning more and more 
how much of a gift she is. So, so freaking thankful, man. So thankful. Yeah, man. This is such a beautiful space. And to see how... Um, I mean, I didn't see it beforehand, but just to see how it's transformed yeah, uh, you specifically. <laughs> yeah. It's really beautiful. I know this is just the beginning of your journey mm -hmm. with Tatiana. Yeah, man. And this is one of your first trips mm -hmm. with her, which is really cool. Yeah, man. Um, we're out here in Moab, Utah. I came out here initially for this one kilometer project, and that fell through. Um, and yeah, so now I'm just compiling the last footage for this big dream of highlighting with Odessa and going on tour with them. Yeah. And yeah, it's a beautiful thing to be able to connect here. Yeah, dude. Out in the desert, someplace that I've had five years of transformation in, and this feels like a a full circle, full beautiful, full five year cycle, which nice. is really cool. And now nice. we're dropping in. So, man, let's just hit me with it. What's your story? Wow, man, wow. My story. First, because you guys can't see right now, but my brother just got. He was talking about his Odessa dream. He has this beautiful tattoo on his foot now, this seed of manifestation. Mm -hmm. And we shared a powerful moment when he was getting this tattoo and just dropped into prayer. And I believe that we both saw this vision of it happening. Mine personally was seeing him do this epic freaking backflop up, whipping just over the crowd and just like full embodied presence up there and just inspiring people to... Yeah, walk that line and be courageous and not be afraid to fall, you know, in this life, which is one huge thing that I'm working on, <laughs> especially on this Highline journey, which is one of the biggest, most challenging things that I've encountered so far. And it is showing me, at least on this line, how much I do have this fear of falling, you know, and so I'm so grateful to have this in my life to yeah, just push me out of my comfort zone. And freaking humble the shit out of me, man. Oh my gosh, it's so good. So good, man. <laughs> yeah, man, the sport is really special. And I feel so incredibly grateful to be a leader within it and a face for it. And I'm really just starting to like take that and own it and yeah. honor it and, and share in ways that I haven't felt comfortable for. And this podcast is helping a lot. Yeah, man. It's so beautiful to witness you guys, man walking out in those spaces and just being so free on that tiny little line and bouncing around and hucking your meat, man. It's freaking epic. Yeah. It's man. epic. And I'm, yeah, and you'll be there soon enough, just like yeah, man. I'll be in the same place as you with music. Yeah, in my exactly. Own way. Exactly, man. Yeah. We all have things that we are... It's always good to have something in your life that you're... that helps you grow and that challenges you, you know? Challenges you constantly... And yeah, I'm so excited to have this on my path and to just keep staying patient yet persistent as one of my favorite teachers, Goenka from, uh, he's the beautiful man that helped spread Vipassana meditation around. And that was one of the things that stuck with me most, uh, strongly. And I feel the most on this journey of, you know, dabbling my feet here and there in this Highline journey, you know, of just, cause for me, it's one of the most challenging things. And the funniest thing about challenges is they make you want to quit. You know, oh, I can just walk away. You know, I don't have to do this. But then there's that, that part of you that dreams and wants to be, you know, achieve that dream. 
that is always if you don't keep trying at least you're gonna you're gonna hear it there always just like come on bro and you can either not listen to it and then you're gonna get however many years down the line and then kind of at least for me I don't want to feel like I didn't at least try constantly you know so I'm gonna keep going out there whenever I can whenever the opportunities align keep pushing myself a little bit and just a little change that I've seen over my years because it has definitely not been my main passion but you know chilling with Stefan and making music with him brings me into this circle a lot you know so it's good it's beautiful to always have this challenge keep coming back into my life you know and then just baby steps baby steps and I've become so much more comfortable on the line and it's that's so beautiful and we have to see those two especially in these extra challenging things that everyone encounters in their life we have to not forget to see those little bits of growth you know and be grateful for those and love ourselves for that you know because for me and I was talking with Abigail who's just starting on her journey the other day too and she's like I feel great in life man and then I go out on this line and it scares the shit out of me and I don't I'm not the best at it right away you know and she gets off the line and same thing happens for me and you feel like shit and it brings up all the ego stuff all the ego stories of oh you're not worth it oh you didn't achieve this goal right away so you should just walk away and just stay safe in your comfort zone you know you just don't push yourself you feel good there just stay there you know but we both kind of feel this calling where it's just like no we got to keep we got to keep pushing ourselves you know keep going for it yeah and this is a great vehicle for it <clears throat> You know, you put your, yourself in the space of voluntary discomfort and mm -hmm. you learn over time, baby step by baby step with yeah. persistency, consistency, and yeah. action, um, you know, to to cultivate this growth. Yeah. And then it applies to other aspects of your life, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just this slack really is life. It's this little microcosm. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, it kind of eeks out and leaks out into everything yeah it's a training ground for life without really a doubt is, man so yeah brother what's your story wow man so in the very beginning i was adopted at birth so born in illinois and then grew up in flagstaff and right away i was kind of given this gift of not or kind of being given this gift of seeing that family does not necessarily mean blood, that family is beyond blood and that family is just support. Family is people who support you, people who love you, is community, you know? So yeah, and I got really, really blessed to, it was either grow up with a single mom in Illinois, which who knows, it would have had its own story, you know? But then I got adopted by these two beautiful biology professors. My mom's a gardener and a botanist, and my dad is an ichthyologist, a fish guy, takes us to the sea a lot, takes us scuba diving. And then I grew up right on the edge of national forest land, so a lot of my childhood was just running around in the forest and just being really connected to nature, which has been, been one of the most potent things, I think, in my I guess, raising, you know, so shout out Pachamama <laughs> and just, yeah, just running around building forts, a little bit of a pyro growing up. <laughs> I guess I've always liked the fire and <laughs> burning, burning things, burning things away. 
And then, yeah, so one of the biggest things in my life now is music and more and more and more. I'm realizing that that is my purpose, is to be a vessel for what I like to say, the song of Jah, for the song of that thing there, you know, for spirit. And to be a vessel for songs to come through that, first off, they help me and their medicine for me, and really staying rooted in in that aspect with the music that in the first place, when I do this music is for me, is for me and for my healing. And then for whatever reason, the universe keeps calling me to share it, you know, share, share, share the music, share the music, share your creativity, share your problems and how you've solved them. And music has been this, yeah, this ultimate medicine tool that has helped me stay, I guess, joy, joyful through some of the darker times in life where if I didn't have music in this vessel for release, that those darker times would have been a lot darker and I would have been stuck for a lot longer. So I just want to encourage everyone who's listening, like tap into your voice whenever you can start exploring that start exploring music but especially the voice because it's one of it's that tool it's that instrument that you always have that you don't need anything else you always have it right there with you and it's this potent and very vulnerable space and the more we explore those vulnerable spaces same with highlining when we're out there it's very vulnerable the more we explore those and dive into them, I can just tell you there's a lot of growth, a lot of growth that comes out of it. Um, so for me personally, um, I guess my musical journey kind of started with my parents um, having me play violin from when I was like four to, I think I stopped playing in 10th grade. I started smoking weed and just kind of, Getting a, little, getting a little rebellious, you know? And it had been a little forced upon me, you know, where it's just like, I don't want to practice. You're going to practice. Practice. You know, you've got to do this. And I didn't fully understand, and I was doing this program called Suzuki, which is a classical program. So there's not a lot of emphasis on creativity and improvisation. It's kind of just boom, boom, boom. Here's the notes. Read them. Play them. There's a little bit of like, I had a teacher who would encourage me to move with the classical music while I'm playing it. Um, but I just personally was, my soul wasn't being encouraged to just be itself, if that makes sense. It felt very, I felt very caged by it. And it just had the classic effect on me as, you know, a growing kid and especially an adolescent of just like, Nah, fuck this. I'm done. You're like you guys are telling me to do this. You're not encouraging me to do it, and you're not encouraging my natural essence. So yeah, I hit tenth grade, and I was just like, "Sorry, mom, I'm done. Like, I can't. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not having any fun with this at all." So I put it down. But I remember telling her, I was like, because she was a little worried, you know, as all mothers probably are when their kids start getting rebellious and. 
she had the best intentions for forcing me to do music. She knew, she just knew that it was going to be important for me. And so, yeah, I remember telling her, don't worry, mom. Like, I know I'm going to come back to music. I just need to step away from it for now because it's just, you know, I'm at a roadblock and I'm not, I'm not getting any joy out of it anymore. You know, it just felt very routine and just bland, you know? And so another thing, you know, it's just, I encourage everyone. It's always good to take space from things, especially if you feel like you're not getting joy out of it. Take space and see what else grows, you know, when you're not devoting your energy to this thing that's just for whatever reason isn't flowing in the moment you know that especially goes for relationships you know when the stagnancy comes around those are the times that are so important to be strong and walk away you know and go tap into yourself you know tap deeper into yourself and so when I stepped away it gave me this beautiful opportunity to start exploring other things so I started beatboxing a little bit started freestyling and just kind of opening up to different things and then um, through beautiful reasons and just, yeah, the story, I ended up going down to South America after high school, um, because just being in this rebellious ganja smoking phase and watching some documentaries that kind of started shattering the cultural story that had been given to me of America is this great shining nation of freedom and we bring democracy to all these other nations and these, you know, savages and we bring them out of the darkness and bring them into the light, which is a story, like, that's just the American story that we're taught in school, you know. Um, a big one was having my mind opening to the possibility of... Uh, 9-11 and the trade towers falling being a false flag or that's something that means um, a incident that the government does on purpose to create a conflict which then through conflict which is an interesting thing people come together through conflict but also a lot of the times it's just to fuel the military industrial machine and to also strengthen nationalism so kind of diving into that and just being like holy shit man like and you know smoking weed which you've been told your whole life is this you know it's gonna make you crazy is horrible for you and you smoke it and you have this fucking amazing revelatory experience at least i did luckily for my first time and you just start to realize you're like holy shit man a lot of the things i've been told are not true they're not true. So I started questioning more, questioning more. And there's the big story of going to college right away, which I do not have anything. Well, okay, I'd have some things wrong with college. Not everything. Learning is fucking great. And so many people have a beautiful experience. Even I had a beautiful experience. I went for four years and it was great. But right after high school, I chose to take an alternative path and take a as the Aussies would say, a walkabout. Um, because I just didn't, you know, everyone's, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And, and at least in my journey, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was kind of interested in architecture, but it was like, I don't know, if I was going to go to college, it was kind of going to be to just, I guess, go with the mainstream flow. Um, 
So I was just like, I don't want to go to college. I think it'd just be a waste of time right now. I don't know what I want to do. Um, I had an epic teacher who was friends with my mom who had gone and done this thing called Woofing, which is W-W-O-O-F, um, Worldwide Opportunities on Organic Farms. And so I ended up, next thing I know, I'm on this fucking plane down to South America, down to Brazil. And a beautiful story about that is, you know, I get, get on the plane and I'm just like, this feels good, man. I'm 18. I'm fucking leaving the nest. Let's go, man. And get down there. I land. Everything's good. I get on the bus to kind of start going to the house that I'm going to be staying at for the next month. And I get to like this last bus station and I don't really know where to go next. So I need to get a hold of the guy, talk to someone in Spanish for the first time and like ask them if I can use their phone because I can't figure out how to use the fucking pay phones. Um, end up getting a hold of this guy. We get to his house and he's like making me tea and we're talking and I'm still feeling good. Um, but then he starts talking about my family. And I start feeling this, you know, energy, this kind of cracking inside of my, I think I kind of had a shell up a little bit of the potency of the journey that I was going on. Um, so yeah, I start feeling just those butterflies and I'm like, and like tingling behind my eyes <laughs> and yeah, he's talking. So I start telling him about my family and then it kind of hits me like, holy shit, bro. I'm 2,300 miles away from the safety net that I've known for the last 18 years of my life. And there ain't no turning around right now. There ain't no running back home right now. And it was like, really hit me. And then it also hit me, you know, as rebellious teenagers, we kind of forget how amazing our parents are and how much they do for us. Um, so it started tapping me into how much gratitude and love I have for my parents and my family, especially them. And then also my friends, you know, and just, I guess, community. Um, and so I actually ended up puking <laughs> just so just like all of a sudden just nervous. I puke, have this one crazy release and then end up going to bed eventually. And I remember walking into my, I was kind of in a little cabin that was separated from it. And I walk in the first door, close it, open up the second door and I get in there and it's just like this freaking fist of spirit just punches me right in the gut and I just drop to my knees and start bawling and it was the first time I think that I had allowed myself to cry since I don't know when freaking seven or eight you know because then especially as men as masculine which you know you're in your men's groups and we're all being called you know this the masculine is so wounded and we see how much damage it can do you know um but yeah i hadn't been encouraged to cry to touch into my emotions for however long you know and i love my dad but he's very kind of classic male too so there was just never any talk of a man crying you know so once you hit that certain age you know it's just 
men kind of we just develop this shell you know we, we don't cry we don't do that we don't talk about our emotions so it just gave me this beautiful opportunity and just to release and i i had this like this epiphany of like this is what crying is for is to help us release and the water it carries it carries those emotions out all the fear all the kind of unnecessary things and it helps us release them and then i remember you know crying for like a half an hour not even really knowing but it was just however many emotions of confusion that i've been building up since i stopped crying you know and i remember finally falling asleep and then waking up in the morning and there's a cherry tree blooming outside my window and just feeling this deep resonation of peace within my being and just like it's okay no matter where you are it's okay and you have this beautiful tool now that whenever you're feeling this stress or whatever now you know that release is okay and that crying is okay and crying is good and crying is medicine so that was kind of the start of my journey you know and then um still i'm traveling around i do my time in brazil and then i end up going to peru and staying on this property and there's this guy named beto and he's like a san pedro shaman clown that's how i would describe him he's an old expat from i think tucson actually but he'd been living down there and just doing medicine and working on himself he was a vietnam vet too i believe and just amazing energy and just fearless and jo fearlessly joyful you know <laughs> and just an ecstatic being and uh he was such a potent part in my journey that to become a musician because i'm sitting down one night stoned with him and like i think one other person and he's just fucking <laughs> he's just going ham on the guitar and he's just and i'm kind of sitting there just like i don't know what to do fully you know and i'm like i don't know feeling a little uncomfortable because i think there was a part of me that wanted to to be like him in a way, you know? He inspired me to just be free, but I didn't know fully how to push out of that comfort zone yet. And so <laughs> at one point he starts singing just wild, just, why aren't you singing? Why aren't you singing with me? Why aren't you singing with me, motherfuckers? Why aren't you singing? <laughs> And I just, again, I feel that rise of just emotion coming up. And then next thing I know, I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I'm not singing. And then, yeah, man, from, from that moment on, pretty much, I haven't stopped singing. And I didn't fully know then. And, you know, it was still more of a journey for me to become comfortable in that space. But that was kind of the the breaking moment for me to start becoming comfortable with my voice and just expressing through that space. Um, and then another beautiful um, kind of point on my musical journey um, that happened down there is I ended up going and staying um, about a couple weeks at a Hare Krishna temple, um, about an hour north of Lima. 
And that's where I experienced my first sound healing. Um, just one guy and lays a few of us down and you just go on this journey and there's these times where you're like, how the frick is this one guy playing this many sounds right now? How is this happening? But yeah, it just tapped me, tapped me in just a little bit. I wasn't fully captured yet. I didn't even know. And I almost kind of like forgot for a while that I even had that experience there until I was kind of deeper into my sound healing. And then I was like, oh shit, I first encountered this down in Peru, you know? I think it was one time when I was kind of questioning, like, why did I even go down there? What was it? And it was at least, at the very least, was for those two moments, you know? Oh, wow, this is beautiful. This is bringing up the third, one of the other third, uh, or the third potent musical experience. So I go to Machu Picchu, and I'm there with my mom's kind of like best friend. She just happened to be down there. And she gets us a private tour guide, freaking beautiful guy. Can't remember his name. But he takes us to this room that he said was a sound healing room, um, like on this private thing, on this private little tour. And he has us all stick our heads in, at Machu Picchu, they have these things called closed windows where it's like they have a window, but then there's a wall behind the window. So it kind of creates this little cubby, I guess. And he has us all put our heads into these cubbies and then he's like okay now ohm or like kind of tone so we all start toning and we're kind of finding the harmony and then we all hit this harmony and the whole room just like resonation station just lights up and like whole body vibrating and brought tears to my eyes like how powerful of an experience it was so yeah that was just another beautiful like yeah, thing that happened on that journey is just kind of start opening me up to sound and the power of it and the healing aspects of it. Um, so then I come back to uh, the United States because I was down there in 2012 and I was like, well, because I wanted to stay down there. I loved it down there. But I was like, if this is going to be the end of the world, <laughs> I'm going to go back and see my parents one more time. I'm going to go hang out with them for a little bit more. So I fly back and kind of go through like little dark night of the soul because I just get back from like living on organic farms and just feeling just that life, that life, that more of a pure life. And I come back and get a job at uh, the kitchen at Arizona Snowball Ski Resort. And I'm just like selling all this shitty food. And I'm just kind of like, oh, my mom is just like, Cooper, like I will... Uh, I will pay for everything if you just go to school. Just go to school. I'll pay for your housing. And it's kind of just like, okay, I was just depressed. I needed, I knew I needed to do something, you know? So I go down there, happen to go to a music shop, and there's a didgeridoo. And I'd kind of, you know, seen people playing them and just get this call. It's like, yeah, take this guy home. So I grab him, start tooting around on him, and immediately I'm like, okay, I don't like this because I can't get the circular breathing, which is where you play the didgeridoo continuously using basically just like a control of your cheek muscles and building up a reservoir of air so you keep your lips vibrating as you take a breath in through your nose. That's like a quick little explanation of it. <laughs> um, and so I just like get a, have one of those experiences of getting obsessed with it 
just every day I'm trying, I'm looking up little videos, little tips and tricks. And just slowly, 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 the gap between like when I had to take a breath and play again, got smaller and smaller and smaller. And then next thing I know, I'm getting the circular breathing and like really having fun and having, feeling the potency of that deep vibration, especially once you can play for five, 10, 20 minutes and like really, really drop into it. Um, so yeah, this instrument like opened up a portal for me because then because of this instrument, I had a powerful experience on the blessed Lysergic diethyl, whatever it is. Lysergic, do you remember what it is? Lysergic diethyl. I'm not sure what the D stands for. LSD. Yeah. The beautiful LSD. The beautiful Lucy. Um, and I'm playing the didgeridoo in my bathroom and I just started reading this book and um, they were talking about the idea of source. So kind of going beyond the word God or goddess or whatever and just source. And this book said that, you know, we can connect back to source, you know, out of we can get out of our dualistic separation experience and have these deep, powerful connections with source. And it was like one way that you'll know when you have one of these experiences is a lot of times you cry because it's just so fucking beautiful, you know, so awe striking and powerful and marvelous. So I'm playing Dig in my bathroom, obviously helped by this medicine to be more open than usual. And I just kind of hit this note that just once again, cracks me open and just once again, just release 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 which more and more i'm realizing is in those potent moments like we're releasing not just for ourselves we're really opening to the collective and like going into feeling past lives and kind of helping yeah just release trauma in some sense from like the the greater collective you know um so yeah that just ripped me open there dropped me deeper again into just how powerful vibration is and especially I guess intentional vibration no I wouldn't even say intentional because I don't know if I was being intentional in that moment I was just having fun honestly you know and so through the dig open this portal um go up to flag for this beautiful festival called firefly which bless my aunt I get back from South America and she gives me this ticket and she's like I think you'd like this place and so it was perfect timing because I'm kind of feeling lost after being down in South America, not really finding people like I had met down there. And I had changed so much from my high school being. So I walk into this festival and I see, I, like I smell Palo Santo burning, which is this uh, sacred tree that comes from down in Peru. And a lot of people burn it down there. But I didn't find any of it right when I came back. So I walk in and I, people are burning Palo Santo. And I see people with like Shipibo patterns, which is the uh, basically the almost like sheet music that the indigenous people draw of their medicine songs called Icaros. They, you know, translate that into these beautiful geometric patterns. So I see these all around and I'm just like... Oh. I'm home. Yeah. I'm home. I found my people. I found my people. And just, yeah, that's the first like, festival experience. And like, I'll never forget 
walking on to that dance floor and seeing people moving ecstatically for no one else but themselves, you know? Because that was another thing kind of growing up in, in America, at least in my experience, especially as men, you're not encouraged to dance freely, to move your body freely, at least in my experience. Um, so to get out there and just see people just fucking moving their body so freely just opened me up and just yoga, meditation workshops, so, so much potent medicine and such a beautiful balance of party party with like medicine and health and growth and education and counter a lot of counterculture ideas coming in and a lot of eastern ideas blending into this and indigenous blending into it that's just we just don't encounter a lot in american society you know so i just immediately just like flow right into this community you know and then the next year, one of the friends I made, she's like, uh, she's like, hey, do you want to come help us with this art installation? We're going to like take these beautiful desert rose branches that are dead and we're going to put them together and make a tree and like hang these shiny lights on. And I was like, yeah. And then I had just started getting into kind of yeah, crystals and kind of having some sacred items. Um, and I was like, for whatever reason, I was like, can I build like a little shrine or something i didn't even really know what it was called can i build like can i just put that at the bottom of the tree and she's like yeah 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 so on my way out i stop at my parents house and my mom has all of these colorful beans laid out and i'm just like those would be dope man i could make a mandala and i kind of recently started getting into using the compass and drawing sacred geometry so i grab the beans and i go out and i build this altar which funny enough, you know, I was just flowing. Uh, one of my friends pointed out that it looked like these monkeys with these big old open third eyes. <laughs> so yeah, I build this altar and the main guy who is building the big shrine, cause they had a huge shrine space at this festival. He sees my shrine and he's like, whoever built this, like I want them to build the shrine next year because he wanted to step away from that so that he could focus purely on a sound healing space. So he meets me through this, through the shrine. Um, and you know him, brother Jan. Hare Jan, Hare Jan, 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 Hare Hare. Sacred brother, sacred brother. And so we meet and then he finds out I played didgeridoo. So he's like, hey man, why don't you just like come start hanging around? I'm starting to do these like smaller private gatherings. And then so he kind of has me sit for a while and then starts having me play didgeridoo with him. And then fast flash forward five years and we are like a year. And then for the next five years, pretty much every Sunday, we'd hold this beautiful sound circle called Ritual Reset. So yeah, this beautiful instrument didgeridoo just brought me into this whole world of sound healing. And then also, yeah, just Jeff, just bless Jan, bless that brother. I'm so grateful for it, man. Um, just allowing me to, to have this big space to build a bigger altar and a big shrine space. And I had the funny realization recently about the word altar, which I think I like a little bit more than shrine because 
why I build the altars. And I've been doing these for a while and getting into different festivals, being able to share this space. Um, I realize they're called altars for me because they alter you. <laughs> they alter your space. And I always wanted to and was grateful to be able to bring this more, I guess, grounded, peaceful space to these very wild, chaotic festival vibes, you know? And to just like be able to walk by and see people in front of this thing that has no no instructions or anything, you know, but you see people coming in and just sitting down and finding this opportunity for whatever reason it encourages and invites people to slow down a little bit, you know, and you see people usually we, I do it like kind of away from sound or from like the big speakers. So people have an opportunity to kind of have drop into these more, uh, just like sweet conversations. So yeah, that's been such a, another beautiful thing that I found over the last, you know, five or six years that I've been doing. And one of my gifts that I've been feeling called to share. And then, yeah, they really do create like ceremony within a space. Yeah. They're so beautiful. It's really wild, man. It's really freaking wild. Yeah, brother, you have a beautiful story. Thank you, man. So I think this is like... And I feel like you could just keep riffing on it. You know, just like keep unpacking. Easy. I think this is a perfect time, though, to share. Because, you know, right? just like quick summaries, basically that... That's kind of how it all started. And then it was just like, you know, just... Just like, you know, then it just started flowing, you know? Poetry, putting it to guitar, learning guitar, learning how to do that. Picking up this looper, meeting up with Stefan really kind of lighting the fire again with me in freestyle and hip-hop and we go do a show together kind of separately and then a homie hits us up and he's like hey you guys want to do another show and we're like yeah and then we're like well we might as well fucking you got this looper thing bro like let's collaborate let's create some new stuff and that was like that was birth of psilocybians <laughs> psilocybin homo sapiens baby um, <laughs> yeah yeah and then beautiful summer came in and we shared that beautiful wild potent story of our life you know and created such amazing music together all three of us and then you know flows of life and healing through trauma we had this summer and i had to step away from each other and go our different ways stefan and i stayed together and yeah just kept creating music together and now we're here (laughs) <laughs> we just jammed out on the cliff for like five hours yesterday yeah dude i swear it was at least six to be honest. yeah five yeah. or six hours and then we got that was so sweet, now. man you like yeah you just created such a beautiful flow um of hype for my session and yeah I, dude. I was out there for at least an hour at least man it felt like two hours for yeah. me just crushing solidly the whole time yeah man well you want to share some music yeah man so i'm thinking the first one that I'll share is just the first song that ever came out. I feel like that feels appropriate to kind of like, you know, talking about the beginning of a journey. So, um, yeah, one of the big, I guess, yeah, vessels for the music or reasons why I like writing music is for kind of spreading activism and just talking about yeah, just the state of things, a little bit political, a little bit activist kind of in there. So this song is called History Repeats Itself Because We Let It. So let's see how this goes. (laughs) 
scares me, people. I hope you hear me, people. It should be much more simple. I seem to remember a time in the future where we live as one improbable, currently impossible. Cause I lead this unfit to leave. Confused horse conquered by grief. They give us no choice but tell us how to choose. But I hope you're not fooled. You gotta see right through their rules. So many crimes for a dime But please stay kind Don't let your love unwind History repeats because we let it And then we wonder why we regret it We'll forget it Be the bulb that is lit The tool in the shed Shop into detail Oh, oh, oh Oh, oh, oh That was just, fuck, what year is that? It's 21 or something. What was happening? I don't know. The political climate's been fucking, is always crazy, you know? Yeah, I mean, that was four years, so that would be 2016. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Can't remember exactly. I don't know if it was four or six years ago. But just kind of seeing, like, you know, I think it was the Iraq war was going on. And just kind of seeing, like, just seeing history repeat itself, you know, and just being, just being confused by that. And then that's where the line kind of comes in. It's like, you know, starting to step into this place and hearing that calling of like, we're here to help change this, you know, to help heal the way that things have been flowing. And so it's kind of like, okay, history repeats itself because we let it, but forget it, be the bull that's lit, you know, we don't have to let it keep doing this. And then that also applies to, Cause you know, when I, I write these songs, I, they teach me so much too, you know? So again, you see it in just the ways, you know, I've dealt with different addictions in my life, ganja, tobacco, especially have had my dance with cocaine and just addiction to other patterns that aren't healthy, you know, masturbation and negative self-talk and just being lazy, you know, things that just kind of don't help us, but they're easy 
And yeah, we kind of get addicted to them and we keep doing these things and we're like, fuck man, I know this isn't helping me. I know, but I keep doing it, you know? Yeah, we get addicted to the patterns and the ways that the patterns make us feel. Mm -hmm. And so often we're just stuck in that and we tell ourselves these stories that like we can't get out and there's no other way. And, you know, it's really beautiful that you've been able to cultivate a tool such as music and and channeling messages of change that mm. have allowed you to actually step into that change. Yeah, yeah, they really help. They really help. And then it's just beautiful to see, you know, as I've been going on this journey and sharing it more and more to just like see it help other people, you know, because we're all freaking going through the same thing, you know. <laughs> you know, there's all these religions, Christianity, Jewish, whatever, you know. We're all looking at the same thing, you know, we're all experiencing the same thing. So, yeah, just feeling this call to just keep sharing my own special story of this experience and it's helping people, which is really wild, you know, and I don't, I don't really have a desire for fame, you know, there's a lot of musicians doing music in some ways, you know, for fame or to to make money or something and not that that's fully wrong you know that's beautiful but for me the main intention is just like channel this to help me get through this moment and now more and more it's like okay no you're here to share this too and so now to see that having like a potent effect on people you know is really freaking amazing enough freaking trip too it's really a trip you know and yeah i'm just grateful that that's the effect that it has you know and that that's what it's here for so keep sharing it you know yeah it's it's a wild thing man you don't realize how these tools of your own transformation and growth through sharing can also be conduits for other people's medicine and growth yeah and transformation yeah. Um, and I feel like for me, that's a really good reminder that like what I'm doing or how I'm being doesn't just impact me. Mm-hmm. You know, it goes a lot further than just myself. Mm-hmm. And when I'm able to step into a space where I remind myself that whatever difficulties I'm going through it's not just me that's experiencing them or is going to benefit from them. Like I'm going through these things for others too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it just puts a different perspective on it. It really does, man. And it's, it encourages us to keep healing, you know, and to keep heeding to that call. And I really think it's going to be an infinite journey, you know, and obviously we're going to become more and more embodied in our truths, you know, but, it's that constant spiraling, you know, and at least for now and for the next good while, you know, it's always going to be constantly learning. And since we are all of these different nodes in this giant collective consciousness, you know, imagine if like one node, you know, has this beautiful insight, but then doesn't share it, you know, that's cool, I guess. But the amount of change that happens when that one thing shares its story a little bit, that one node, bloop, and then it lights up a few more nodes around it, bloop, they get lit up, bloop, 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 you know, the hundredth monkey, you know, we all start, the more that we share 
what we're going through, the more that we're vulnerable and the more that we are honest about our own darkness and our own weight and the more that we face that personally in our journeys, the more that we're going to help shed in ourselves where then we can be more potently engaged and embodied in our higher, truest, loving selves, you know, and recently was in Shasta and it also real quick just yeah, like yeah. gives permission to, for others to yes. do the same that yes. aren't giving themselves permission yes to see someone especially that they've known for a while mm-hmm. to like go from this one state of being that they're familiar with to this whole other polar opposite yeah. state of being that is more in line with their heart and their truth and their yeah. authenticity it it shows those people that they are capable of doing the same. Yeah. It's this silent invitation, you know, and it's, we all, I believe we're all Buddha. You know, I really like the Zen idea of, you know, this whole enlightenment thing is like a little blown out of proportion and that we all are already enlightened. We all already have that truth contained with us. And all we have to do is clear the mirror, you know, and you know, there's the story of Buddha kind of with his silent transmission, you know, where, He's just sitting there and he just hands someone a flower, you know, and that wake that helps them awaken, you know, that's kind of what we're doing. Like whenever we are fearlessly being ourselves and we fearlessly, or maybe even with a little fear, we step into these medicine ceremonies on the line, whatever, where we are doing this work, you know, to become more embodied, then the shiner we bright and we're just walking around with this like silent transmission you know of our own awakening of our own enlightenment you know and we're walking around sharing flowers with everyone you know for people who it's not lower or anything everyone's in their journey you know but there are people that need you know and we had the people in our lives that gave us a little silent transmission of like whoa man like (laughs) this is making me think like one of them was freaking Wiz Khalifa for me you know I'm a freaking I'm a skinny brother and more in the extrema, I guess, of like body normality, you know? So I was always kind of had this little kind of embarrassing embarrassment around my body, you know, kind of not being in what's on magazine covers, you know, and just a lot of uh, open talking about my body from people, you know, just like, oh, chicken legs, like, oh, bro, you're so skinny. Just like, especially as a skinny male, people can comment on your body more than even like a a fat person, not saying that they don't deal with their own crap, you know, from people. But yeah, Wiz Khalifa gave me this, this silent transmission because he's just this freaking tall, skinny nigga. Just, <laughs> I beep that out later or something. <laughs> just, you know, uh, being himself and swagging in himself and his own. He's so authentic, you know, and he gave me this silent transmission of, bro, it's okay to be yourself. And fucking rock that shit, you know? Rock your skinniness. You are fucking who you are. And love that, you know? So, yeah, I met this guy in Shasta recently. And he was a fucking angel. In one of the, you know, more real experiences of that word that I've had. Because he's just sitting there playing his handpan. Has this, like, Swedish accent. And I go to give him a dollar and he's like, that means nothing to me. That means nothing. 
Um, and so I kind of like, I don't know, I feel this calling from him and he kind of like, I don't know, brings me into this space. And so we start interacting and, um, you know, I eventually I'm like, no, please just take it. He grabs a dollar and just throws it, (laughs) throws it in the air behind him. And, um, basically immediately kind of gives me this transmission where it's been, I'm still unraveling it, but he said, one of the potent messages was clear the doubts, clear the doubts now, clear them. And I'm still unraveling that, but I do, it's, it's crazy for my personal life. And I think everyone has, has doubts, has these egoic doubts about who you are, you know, your what you're sharing. And it's just like, clear those and just fearlessly be you fearlessly express what you are, who you are in any state, you know, and don't be afraid of that. And then I'm talking to him more and, you know, he's saying trippy things like, like, I'm like, what's your name? And he's like, I have no name. I'm just a vessel. I'm just a vessel. And like, I have a message here for you, you know? So he tells me, clear the doubts. And then, oh man, what was the other thing that he told me? What a beautiful, beautiful man. Clear the doubts. And then he says, why are you here? Like, why do you think you're here? And the first thing that comes into my head is, um, you know, a, a big part of my journey recently has been realizing in my story how to get from the head to the heart, from the doubts to kind of just that constant steady heartbeat. And so I'm like, I want to help people get back to their hearts. And he kind of is like, he's like, everyone says that. Everyone says it. He's like, no, no, no. You're here to heal yourself. Just heal yourself. Don't worry about the others. Heal yourself. And, you know, I don't think he meant literally just like, forget about everyone, you know. But it's like what we're talking about that we can't. And, you know, all this is so hard to put, you know, there's always duality, but you can't be doing things in a sense, at least kind of maybe from the roots for others. Like it has to be initially just clear yourself, clear yourself so that you can become that embodied version of yourself and just walk it, you know, just be it. And then that's, that helps people right there, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, it goes back to Aubrey Marcus saying, in order to be of service, you must be fit for service. Mm -hmm. And, like, before you put the face mask on as the airplane's going down on someone else, you have to put it on yourself first. Yeah. And I I don't feel that we're supposed to, like be tugboats and pull everyone along mm, mm, uh, mm. the journey that are struggling and going through their own trials and tribulations and pains and uh, self-created suffering. I feel like we're just supposed to be lighthouses, Yeah, you know, yeah. and like we shine bright through the work that we've done. Yeah. And then those that are ready to come short, come to shore. Yeah. Um, will follow the light that we're casting. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really, that's synonymous kind of with, you know, Jesus's story of, you don't just give a man fish, you teach him to fish, you know? And so we give, we learn tools and then we can share the tools, but then it's up to the people and in our own journeys, you know, for whatever reason we got given tools and then we chose to use them and learn to use them better to, you know, eventually be where we are now. 
which I think we're some powerful, shiny beings, man. Yeah, brother. And, and we, we're still cultivating. And we're still cultivating, you know? man. And for me, it feels like the cultivation of the tools and picking those up and learning from them, it's not always about teaching as much as it is about like who you get to become in the process of yeah. learning through the tools and yes. having them sharpen you and shape you. Yes, man. And I, I love that you said that word process because especially with this highlining journey has been such a big lesson to come through me. It's just enjoy the process, brother. Enjoy the process. Yeah, you have this dream. You want to be there. You know, everyone has this dream. They want to be here or there or whatever. And then we forget sometimes to just like, just enjoy it. Enjoy the fear even. Enjoy the fear of freaking living this wild life and being a human. Enjoy that. Sit with it. And then find a freaking smile amidst that, that you're even here at all, you know. And then, yeah, go push, go step little bit farther but like enjoy that process man and just be with it you know no matter where you're at in this journey just enjoy it be in joy and like that's another tool you know we can consciously become more aware of where we're at see that oh hey i'm not enjoying this and consciously find a way to enjoy that moment, even if you're in the deepest suffering. And the funniest thing is when you're in the deepest suffering and you find a way to enjoy it, bloop, <laughs> brings you right out of it, you know? Because then you come to that beautiful place of the witness where you're just like, oh yeah, I don't have to be like that serious about this. Because this is just this beautiful story that has its ups and downs. And it's just, it's just a little impermanent thing, you know? Yeah. And that's been like one of the Biggest words, again, from Goenka, from Vipassana, is this word, anicca, which has been one of my greatest teachers. And it's just impermanence, you know, and just enjoying that. Yeah. Being in joy with the impermanence, you know. And it's freaking hard. It is, dude. It's, it's a really practice. Hard. Yeah, you know? but it gets easier. And, like, the pain is just the pain, and then the suffering is the attachment that we put onto it, Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The suffering is when we don't accept it, the pain, when we don't just be with it, when we try and change the pain and try and run away from the pain. That's where the suffering comes Yeah, as from. opposed to just being present with what is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I'm so grateful that we're on this path where we consciously put ourselves into these places of pain to better strengthen our brains and train ourselves to be okay and to find that joy, you know, like... Earlier today, I went and did a, did an ice bath, you know, which is one of my favorite ways of one of those hormetic stressors. And did you hop in the river? Yeah. Dude, me too. Yeah, yeah. bro. Yeah. I was like walking and I was like, shit, man, I should have called Cam and we should have done this together. Did you find the spring water too? No. So I didn't go there. I went to Mill Creek. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't stop nice. in the Colorado. I went to Mill Creek. Yeah. We hopped in the Colorado. Dope. Man. It was so cold. So dude, invigorating. Yeah. It was freezing. I feel like it was at least 40 degrees. Yeah. Dude. It's gnarly right now. It's so gnarly. And I, I, I wasn't able to last very long. Oh man. And that's like, again, you know, like I can't stand on the high line yet or I haven't cause I can, but I haven't yet. And the other day I went and did an ice bath and I kind of have the, through the teachers that I've learned through, it's like, you know, Wim Hof, two minutes is kind of the ideal. You want to try and get two minutes, but again, it's just, just try 
because your brain is like, don't even get a pinky toe in that. Are you crazy, bro? <laughs> and just be, like just loving ourselves for just even getting out there, you know, because there's a lot of I don't want to compare ourselves. But it's it's just so easy to stay in the comfort zone, you know. For so sure. even if you don't achieve your goal right away of that two minutes or the standing on the high line right away or whatever challenge you're encountering in life that you want to break through, the biggest part is just getting out there, scooting out on the line, dipping in that water for a little. Because no matter what, it's going to help you a little bit. But what's not going to help you is if you stay on that cliff edge or if you stay outside of it, you know. But you got to at least, at least try, you know, at least get out there. And I noticed I went two days ago, 10 seconds, I was out. It was like, nope. <laughs> kind of encountered again of like, you know, ego, like, oh, you're a loser. And it's like, clear that. No, I love myself. I love myself. I tried. And that's good enough. That's more than enough, you know. And then today... You know, sometimes you're just in a different mind state. So today I was, I guess, stronger in that in that space going into the water and was able to do around two minutes. And that was so good, man. It was so good. And then, you, yeah, you just, I feel like the softer you are with yourself in the challenges, you know, where you might not achieve the dream right away, the softer you are is going to help you in the long run, you know. So then I feel like because I was softer on myself then when I came back, I wasn't as fearful of the water and I just felt more empowered for whatever reason, you know? And then Ash is that good, good medicina pura, man. <laughs> so good. I think that's freaking perfect for another song. Yeah, dude. I would, I would just say that some is better than none, you know? Yeah. Or wait, wait, say that again. Some is better than none. Yes, 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 man. Always, always. Okay, so this song is called Stay Soft. <laughs> it's perfect. Um, yeah, I wrote this after, yeah, kind of just going, uh, yeah, just right after a breakup of a relationship. And this song just kind of came through again as just medicine to help me through that process and to stay soft and to stay loving, you know, because especially when breaking apart from someone else, so much of your ego comes in that wants to hate them, wants to paint them as a bad person. And it does that to ourselves when we don't succeed, you know. And luckily my heart was there. It's like, no, it's not worth it. It's not worth it at all. Staying hard and cold and hating this person, hating yourself, not worth it. Just stay soft, bro. And just like, stay open and stay loving and that's going to be like the ultimate medicine in the long run so yeah dude yeah here's this song man Wait, real quick yeah i need to pee 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 break hey. peace the bliss hey. Hey. release the peace <laughs> we back it's the food market hey here in the food market yeah man where are you now i'm going to edit this so nobody knows <laughs> yeah we took a pee break <laughs> post production yeah. hey, man. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Woo. okay yeah we out here we in here tatiana feeling good stay soft feeling blessed <laughs> feeling soft man okay here we go <laughs>
Everybody keep on yearning, keep the fire burning. No loss, no break, won't put me out. And I will stand amongst the flames, centered and grounded in that place. And I will learn to ride these ways with grace. Let the tears stream down my face, and I know. It's gonna take some time to realign But with patience I realize I can survive anything If I just remember, remember to sing Sing for the elders, sing for yourself Sing for the mother, yes, sing for her health for those who have no voice and sing for those who take away their choice sing that they might find their way home I'm singing no money pad me yeah for you are an instrument to sing the song of joy sit back in reverence Praise the might of mine Find that jewel in the center of your heart Shine its light, lead you through the dark And oh, I know these times are getting hard Oh, but please, please remain silent Ooh, yeah, ah, Goodness, that feels so good. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. That one's that one's yummy, man. Thank you to the muse, man. <laughs> Thank you to the muse. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just like you know, more and more we gotta work on loving ourselves and giving thanks to ourselves. So just like a little bit of thank you to me for just showing up in that moment, you know. I could have put the guitar down and you know, whatever stayed in my pain however way, but it was like, no, go pick up this guitar and just diddle and just freestyle because that's how it started you know it's just freestyle just express don't let this energy stay stagnant in here let it express and then boom this beautiful gift comes out you know that helped me so much and then now i get to share it you know and people find their own little flowers in it you know that help them help them get through and that's a freaking blessing um and then the mantra that i used in that song is om mani padme hum 
That's Om Mani Padme Hum. And this has been one of the most powerful mantras in my journey. And mantras are Sanskrit phrases. So these are phrases from India. Um, usually they are taught to, um, to be chanted, to be repeated over and over again. And this is a mantra of compassion. And through chanting these mantras, you kind of infuse your body with this vibration. You infuse your cells with that vibration, you know, that intention. And, you know, we see Emoto has done these scientific studies that show us that literally our intentions and our prayers shape the crystallization of water. And we are mostly water. So these mantras are just another powerful thing to help just charge our bodies with these, you know, more healing intentions and vibrations, you know, especially in a world where a lot of times we're being pumped with very unhealthy vibrations, you know. So Om Mani Padme Hum means the jewel in the center of the heart is what it translates to directly. And as I've, you know, learned more and sat with this mantra more, why it helps me so much is because it's tapped me into that jewel that's in the center of the heart and is this beautiful presence that's always there, mm -hmm. always there to help us through those egoic moments of darkness and hopelessness. It's always there to help us get through the waves of duality, you know? And yeah, it's just been one of the most beautiful things in my life to just help carry me through, you know, whatever, because life brings us waves, you know, it's duality, it's a freaking wild ride in this ocean of life, you know, and it's gonna take us under, like, there's no doubt, it's gonna take us under, it's gonna thrash us around, you know, even, even with all these practices, you know, we lose friends, and we have to, you know, face that impermanence, you know, because it's so beautiful, and sometimes we forget about the impermanence, you know, we get attached which is beautiful, you know, it's, that's what family is. We're attached to them for a reason, you know, but in the end, we have to surrender to, we got to let it all go, you know, and at least for me, Omane Padme Hum is one of the most powerful tools to just, just help me stay a little softer, a little lighter through all of that and not lose my joy of life because I think so many people lose their joy you know and then that's when we see trumps come around you know because they encountered so much trauma without any tools of how to not become that trauma you know to not listen to those egoic stories and then they become kind of vile beings you know and I feel like it's just the stories that have been told throughout especially this country over the past hundred years, you know, like the widespread of positive information and these tools while they've been around for a really, really, mm -hmm. really long time. Mm -hmm. um, they're kind of just coming to the West, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. And now in some ways they're hitting a bit more mainstream. It's just, 
it's taking time, you know, yeah. and just like trauma, it takes time to unpack that and yeah. release it. Yeah. You know, yeah. like these things don't happen overnight and these things aren't released overnight. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Especially the amount of trauma that this collective is dealing with, you know, hundreds of years, hundreds, man. thousands of years of becoming so attached to that egoic story where you, we literally, you know, the ego builds walls so strong that we forget our connection to source. We forget that we're all source, that we are all one, really, truly. Like, I'm breathing, you, your air's coming into me, your, my skin's flaking off, which is going into the ground, which is turning into a vegetable, which you're then eating. And it's like, literally, Man, the smallest literally. unit of all, like, of everything is subatomic particles. Yeah. And, you know, like, the same subatomic particle can be seen in one part of the world and, like, the, uh, the complete opposite side of the world. Yeah. Well, the exact same. So, like, they're able to travel really fucking quickly. Yep. And... Yeah, dude, if you just break down the smallest unit of what we are, we are just all the same. Yeah. Dog. Yeah. As everything. Yeah, it's freaking wild. And it's so potent and it's so simple at the same time, you know. But then the ego comes in and we get attached to we need to eat and we need to survive. The reptilian brain comes in and we forget. And then, you know, at some point in this human history, you know, there's this where we forget so much where... Someone killed someone, you know, someone forgot so much that they valued their own survival for this story that's going to end anyways. They chose for a little bit more of their own experience. They chose to kill someone else or they were hurt by that person or whatever. And, and then, you know, snowball, you know, and then massive freaking wars, which are all stories, you know? all stories over some bullcrap idea that doesn't really mean anything, you know? And so we've just traumatized each other so freaking much. And maybe it's just because we live here, but it seems like there's something so potent happening in America. There's such a potent bubbling up of that trauma that is happening in America. And like, there's no escaping it anymore you know and like once again it's all coming up and that's like one reason i'm grateful for trump in a certain way and like why in that song i say sing for those who have no voice because we have to sing for the people who are suffering but we also it's so hard but as bringers of peace light workers whatever you want to call it we have to stand strong and keep loving the abusers too because we know that they're abusers most of them because they were abused at some point you know and trump is um i really think he's an example of i believe it's a lakota word called heyoka which is kind of like the dark clown and what the heyoka does is it teaches you through backwardsness, if that makes sense. It teaches you by putting your darkness, manifesting it outside and putting it right in your face, you know? And I think that's what Trump really is, you know? Like, we did this whole 60s thing and it was beautiful, hippies and like civil rights and everything, but also we swept a lot under the rug and, you know, even with the end of slavery, 
we quote unquote ended it, but then we just made the private industrial prison system and just kept sweeping black people into that, you know? So it was kind of legal slavery, you know? Oh, they did something wrong. We're just going to fucking make them slaves again, you know? And then civil rights movement, but we're like, we still didn't like face it enough. You know, there was still, again, the spiraling. So right now we're at this pivotal point where, again, we're kind of seeing history repeating itself. We're seeing super heightened racist and racial tensions and all of this stuff with the wounded masculine. Trump, the epitome of wounded masculine has made it to the very top leadership position, you know, and it's good in a sense. Because we got to see this shit and people got to see that it ain't healthy. Yeah, I feel like it wouldn't be present if it, it wouldn't be present if it wasn't necessary yeah. Yeah. for us to look at and yeah. unpack. And yeah, man, it makes me fucking uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And I feel that there's going to be a lot more civil unrest and things will probably get worse before they get better. Yeah. And I still feel like they're getting better in their own way. I do too. I really do too. There's so much more peace on this earth because everyone wants peace, you know? Everyone does. So like slowly. I feel like we're far more similar with everyone than we are different. It's just the differences right now are the things that are the loudest. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of funny, too, that a lot of the times the things we have the biggest differences over are so petty and superficial. Like, really, there's people out there hating other people because of the freaking eighth-inch thick, you know, pigmented layer of skin on them, you know? Just so superficial. and But they can be so powerful and we can hold on to them. And it's... In the end, it's just the fear of difference, you know, fear of something that you don't understand. And then a lot of it, too, I think, is just projecting your own discomfort onto someone else. Instead of facing it yourself, a lot of people are projecting it onto others. And, I mean, I'm a little biased because I'm definitely a little bit more anti-Trump. And just like an observation I have is like, a lot of the Trump supporters you see are middle America, very, very unhealthy, very obese, no spiritual connection. They might be God-fearing people, you know, or church-going or whatever, but it's not, there's no, you know, actual love in those, really, you know, it's just do that like I basically just don't want to go to hell that's why I'm doing it you know and then I can just do whatever the fuck I want and I'll come to church and I'll be forgiven you know and a lot of these people are racist you know and it's I think at least in this moment it's like instead of realizing like oh they're not actually causing my problems in my life like they're not actually taking my jobs maybe it's just because I don't actually want to work those jobs you know or whatever it is you know it's like, yeah, instead of, like, owning my own shit, I'm just going to put it on these people, you know? And then I'll fucking, it gets to the point where it's like, if I kill them all, you know, just kill my problems, erase my problems, it'll be all good. It's like, nah, bro, like, if you wipe out all these black people, like, you're one, still going to be obese, addicted to alcohol or whatever, 
And then you're also going to have this guilt of you fucking killed someone, you know? So we'll see, man. It's going to be... These next few years are going to be wild. Dude, this whole decade, man. This whole decade is going to be... 2020 has been just the, the very start. <laughs> yeah, year one man. of this decade. Yeah. And really, it just... I don't know, man. Trump feels like someone that isn't very good at actually taking ownership of... His own shit. Of his own life. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it seems like he attracts a lot of the same people yep. that are just uncomfortable with taking ownership for their own actions yep. and, like, what's going on in their life. Um, and I feel like we can sh- show up yeah. as as beings that are showing that there's a what another way to be yeah you know yeah and i i don't want to like dis trump or dis trump supporters and followers i have a lot of people in my life that really support trump and Mm -hmm. love trump yeah um you know i feel like we just need to find that common ground yeah more than anything and I just I get so frustrated with the news on both sides because they both like project a story that only further the polarization. Um, yeah, exacerbates separation between us when like that's not the solution. It's not, man. It's not at all. That's just that's just fuel to the fire that's already burning, you know. And when you want to put out a fire, you don't use fire. No. <laughs> you use water, which is soft, which is flowing, which is loving, which is understanding you know and god i hope someone gets the chance to have a real authentic connection with trump and he gets an opportunity to like be real about what he grew up with and i i I hope he transforms in his life i really do and it'd be cool if it happens when he's in the presidency. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Let's go. Let's call it in. Ayahuasca shaman and Trump <laughs> meet up. <laughs> and like, honestly, a lot of politicians, man. Dude. It, you know, Trump is kind of just the face of what a lot of us are putting this problem on. But it's not. It's not all just Trump. These things were present before Trump. Yeah. And they're going to be present after Trump. Yep. You know. Yeah. It's the wounded masculine, man. It's the wounded aspect of this consciousness that, you know, is all about structures, all about, you know, money is a very, I think, masculine or has been taken over by this wounded masculine money, power, you know, just the erection, just freaking like pump, pump, like power, hard, just like, it's like gotten out of control you know and these things aren't aren't the source you know they're simply symptoms of exactly the actual underlying problem exactly man and i'm not going to speak as if i know the source because at this moment in time i don't i don't know the solution either yeah and i'm willing to say that like i just don't fucking know yeah but i know that like society's fucked up there's a lot of like fucked up people out there that like are mentally sick and hurting yeah and i've been one of those people and in some moments like i still am one of those people and i'm healing and we're all healing yeah um and yeah man i definitely don't know more than i know and i'm willing to honor that I'm here to learn and figure it out yes man and yeah just try to to find some answers or find just more tools to feel healthy because I think that's what it is is we've gotten to this point where 
everyone feels unhealthy and like you eventually hit that point where you're sick of it you know because like it feels so good sometimes being unhealthy until you just hit this point where you're just like fuck this man this is so unsustainable that's what we're seeing with this whole thing you know we're freaking so addicted in so many ways to things that are unhealthy and that's where i really don't know it's like what what is I'm, like what's coming up right now for me is like just remembering that we're animals first you mm. know like mm -hmm. so many of us and this is something that really struck with me when i was studying environmental science is that like humans have separated themselves from nature mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and what feels really good and this is just my own experience and connecting with a lot of people is like when you go back out in nature like holy fuck dude that is medicine yeah so like getting back to the roots of nature and like drinking clean water and having clean air and like good food and um you know like figuring out ways that you can be within community and kind of like simulate uh tribal experiences because mm -hmm. that's what we came from mm -hmm. and like getting your fucking feet like your bare feet grounded in the earth and like taking deep breaths and moving your body and like getting sunshine like all these things that nourish the animal makes you feel so much healthier yeah and if we can all just like step back into that space of nourishing the animal and honoring that we're animals first yeah. and not trying to separate ourselves from the animals oh, yeah. because it, it's it's who we fucking are we act like we're not but this is who we are mm -hmm. um, and we are not greater than it no we are not greater than it we are we are part, part and parcel not in separation yes from yes so yeah, getting back to the animal and, you know, then going from there and recreating the systems and the structures because right now what's in place is not, it's clearly just not working for yeah. anyone. And yeah. both sides are admitting that they're not working, except instead of admitting that they're not working and figuring out a solution, we're just pointing fingers. Yeah, it's like, oh, they're the problem. They're the problem, you know? It's like, yeah, no. like the left or the red, the radical right, the radical left. Like, dude, all of the, it's just... It's we're people, not taking ownership of everything, yeah. you know, like any sort of suffering or injustice, even if it goes beyond this country is injustice here too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause truly. if we break down the subatomic particles, yeah. we're all in the same fucking place, yeah. dude, like anything that is hurting someone else is in a way hurting you yeah you know like what's good for the individual is not always good for the collective yet what is good for the collective cannot harm the individual yeah yeah and like truly seeing that when that knife or whatever it is that projection you're the mean thing you say whatever when that goes into someone else you're just stabbing yourself literally just stabbing ourselves and like i love what you said about this animal thing man because there's some stories that say where the original sin was, was in that process. That was birthed in that process of the oneness wanting to have this experience of being something else. And so it's separated. And in that separation, there's this forgetting, you know. And then once you forget and you're scared, you search for comfort. And that's what we're seeing a lot of our problems have come from is instead of in that fearness of once we are separated, instead of surrendering and just being okay with that and being not needing anything else, you know, sillily, foolishly, we started 
trying to create comfort, you know, and do anything to maybe not remember that disconnection. And we can go way deep into that, you know, but now you see in this search for comfort through the Western science and everything, and it's this very egoic projection of creating walls, literally, you know, these freaking huge phallic cities, you know, these projections of normality and this search for comfort has is now leading to our ultimate discomfort, you know, it's leading to so much discomfort in the long run. It's just so funny. Instead of just surrendering to nature and just being in it as much as possible, it's like, no, I need, need more comfort and I need to, you know, stay cut off from that. And so I don't experience the waves of life, you know, I need it to just be one constant thing. And it's like, that ain't what it is. You know, that ain't what it is at all. <laughs> that just creates more disease, you know, exactly. break down the word disease. It's dis-ease, yeah. you know, so yeah. you can't, you're constantly trying to step into ease and comfort and running away from like the waves of life. Yeah. And it's making us sick, dude. So sick, man. So sick. And like, you know, we're talking about how the radical right and the radical left, you know, but for me, it's so funny because it's not one line. It's the freaking sphere. So it's like, it's still all connected and there's left and the right. All it is, is just sick people crying out, crying out like, Something needs to change. Something. Because this is not working anymore, you know? And hopefully, slowly, 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 we'll realize, like, the only way that we're going to freaking heal it is by at least starting with loving each other, you know? And then we can go from there and figure out how to, like, get all the science and all that stuff figured out, you know? Yeah, man. And it's not just one group of people that's causing anything. It's all of us. Yeah. Every single fucking one of us, yeah. dude. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, like, that doesn't feel very good to say, and it doesn't feel very good to, like, feel. Yeah. And it's all of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> man, it's so... That's one of the biggest things that, for me, and it's so strange... Growing up in America and growing up in this, like, you know, some people would call privileged or just affluent life, you know, there's so much freaking cognitive dissonance because, you know, we are taught and we're raised in this way and we it's normal. We don't know nothing else, you know, this gasoline fueled, plastic fueled, materialistic lifestyle, you know, so much of us, that's normal. But now, for whatever reason, we've been brought on the path that's like, whew, that ain't real, you know? That shit is not real. So it's like, every day, like, even the littlest things, like, don't use your grocery bags, even if you forgot them in the car. Just put everything in the cart, go to your car with the cart, and then use your bags, you know? Like, little things of, like, how can we every moment as these for me, it's really, it's, I really think we're living, we've been born in a sense as like, as princes in a certain way. A lot of us in this generation, princes and princesses were, you know, just very affluent kind of pampered lives, you know? And now we're realizing that we want to let go of a lot of that because it's not healthy, but then we're still addicted to it. And like so much of our neural network is like, that's eh, normal. So we don't even notice it, you know, but like every day, like what's, 
the littlest thing that we can do to keep moving in that direction. And we don't fully know what it is, but just, yeah, towards some sort of sustainability, you know, something in some way. And I went to a primitive skills gathering at the beginning of this year. So anyone who's out there, go to a primitive skills gathering, start dropping back into uh, these like do it yourself ways and learning to make something, even a spoon, you know, and being connected to the process of everything that you're using, you know, because right now we're so disconnected from the process and it comes from freaking China or whatever. But if we all slowly, slowly, slowly start going back to being connected really to each tool that we have in our life, how it's made, where it's from, that's going to be another big thing, I think, in leading back to this dream that we all share of a new world, you know, this new paradigm, but we still don't fully know what it looks like, you know, and hopefully, you know, I still kind of have this hope that not everything has to fully burn down and start from a new, I think, and I hope that we can find this beautiful balance of this technology and this Western scientific mindset and then this beautiful, beautiful indigenous way of like, yeah, just remembering that we are this earth and that she is our mother and that these medicines are here for a reason to help us remember that and to help us remember to, that we need to walk in this beautiful way on this earth and like really sing to her more, you know, all these things. And so I really, really hope that there's going to be this beautiful balance found between it but in the end i don't know and it might have to all fucking burn down and we go back to shooting bows and arrows and freaking <laughs> try it like that i i believe there's a way to integrate all of it i don't know what that looks like and i don't quite know how mm-hmm. to go about doing all that and i still feel that there is a way to integrate the ancestral ways and these we have to we ways have of to. technology yeah to, absolutely yeah well on that note you want to play another song yeah man and i think this one's this one's perfect because like one of the you know i'm talking about cognitive dissonance and it's a struggle when you are a being for whatever reason have reincarnated here or found yourself questioning the way that things are because ignorance in a way is bliss Because you're not questioning, you know, you just are with it. But then when you are brought onto this path of questioning, it's freaking hard because the answers aren't there, (laughs) really, you know, in a sense. I mean, they are at the same time, but like not right away. And we're actually kind of creating the answers. We are the answers, actually, you know. So like one of the biggest cognitive dissonance I face is like being a musician and especially loving the electronic aspect of it, like the how freaking amazing the looper is. So, so freaking beautiful that you can harmonize, make whole songs with just yourself, which you can never really do, you know? You can never harmonize with yourself, and now you get this beautiful experience of being able to do that. And then it's all made out of gasoline. (laughs) It's all petroleum-fueled stuff, you know? So, like... I always personally try and do as much as I can to get used stuff, but like, I don't know, it's just interesting. And I have like some slight dreams of, you know, maybe inspiring or maybe creating some company that 
makes electronic music stuff out of fully recycled stuff, you know, because there's this wild thing that, okay, we know that extraction is no longer the answer. We need to stop extracting shit from the earth. We've done it too much. But like at the same time, we've already extracted a lot of stuff. And so, and a lot of it's just sitting around now in landfills and stuff. So it's like, what, how much beauty could we still create if we stopped extracting stuff and just used, dove into those landfills and used what's already out. But that's just like, that's just a little idea. So this song is a perfect song for, yeah, just when we're encountering cognitive dissonance and it's called sit like Buddha when you can. And again, it kind of has some of the stay soft in there. Like, don't be mad at yourself if you go a week and you don't meditate every day, twice for 20 minutes. Again, just love yourself. And whenever you can, sit like Buddha and tap into that place behind it all. You know, that place, that constant vibration of love, of peace, of bliss, whatever you want to call it. Tap into that because like the more that you do that, I personally think the more beautiful of a life that you're going to lead and experience. You're going to experience life more full of beauty. And it gives you this chance to just slow down, especially in this Western world. Freaking go, go, go. Go, go, go. You know, don't stop. And it's like, no, we're bringing in more of that message of slow, fuck down, chill, breathe, sit, enjoy it. Don't ask for anything else. We don't need anything else. Just be with it. So, sit like Buddha when you can. (laughs) And it's actually funny too, because when I sing it, sometimes it almost sounds like sit like Buddha when you can't. Which also works too, because it's like sometimes you're just in those moments of life where you feel like you can't. You just can't anymore, you know? It's a great time to sit like Buddha. Yeah, for sure, brother. <laughs> great time. Okay, man. So, yeah, this is one of the more recent ones. Written, kind of started sitting down at the creek in Sedona and uh, around the time of fall and just watching the leaves fall. And yeah, you'll hear the rest of the story in the song. So be here now, now with me 
Feel the breath, raise your chest Release the stress, acquiesce Don't give a damn, just give a bless Open up that treasure chest In your heart, this is your home At the start, the sound of home That sacred drone you cannot own But it's your own Like these bones made of stones Sticks and streams, hopes and dreams Make believe, make peace With what is Cause it is And as here Yeah So Sit like Buddha When you can And never Forget to dance Sit like Buddha When you can You always Have Another chance Sit like Buddha when you can And never Forget to dance Sit like Buddha when you can You always have Another chance Sum of none, birth from fires of the suns. We are writing vibrations, we are writing our stories on paper. Made of skin, the sink is bleeding from deep within. Inside me lies something that you cannot touch, you cannot rush. I feel the rush of it all, ruminating on the rhythms of the fall. How beautiful the dance of the leaf as it lets go of all in
Sit like Buddha when you can And never forget to dance Sit like Buddha when you can You always have another chance Yeah <laughs> Ciao, man. Hare Krishna, oh man. So grateful for that one too, man. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah, man, that one's really special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of the most like lyrically profound songs that has come through me so far. And it was just wild to witness when I was writing that one to see it come out because I'm watching it too you know <laughs> it's so strange I'm like holy shit and then whoa damn yeah this is fire <laughs> yeah man I mean that's the thing right like you you hone in the craft and then like the channel for the muse just becomes stronger and stronger yeah. and that's what gets to come through you yeah and we just that's keep it. showing up yeah for sure brother keep showing up and yeah i guess to close it i just want to kind of talk about the i guess like the chorus you, you know this was very inspired by um finishing my first uh and only uh 10 day silent vipassana meditation that i've done um because they encourage you to sit in meditation for two one-hour sessions a day when you leave <laughs> Which, at least in my journey, I did not do. Still don't do. <laughs> An hour is very hard. And that Vipassana was one of the most challenging things I've ever done in my life. But I, once again, challenging then translates to immense growth, man. Immense growth. So, again, I encourage everyone, when you have the chance, go try and do one of these 10-day silent meditations. Because it will kick your fucking ass into a new level of being <laughs> in the best way and it's so good and you'll get over the hump and you'll drop in and it'll be so good it's gonna be challenging and you're gonna have to hit your head against the tree and say i'm not fucking leaving i'm staying i'm doing this i'm gonna make it through to the other side i'm powerful i will do this um but yeah so this kind of came out and you know i was having some self-negative talk of like oh you're not meditating two hours a day and it's like that's cool, bro. But still, like, you know meditation's good, so whenever you can, do it. And, like, you know, this is kind of my soul talking. And I'm going to love you always. But, like, do it whenever you can. Go do what is good for you. Go take the medicine. Go do the things that are healthy for you, which is fucking hard. But every time you do it, you realize why it's a medicine. <laughs> So then it becomes a little bit easier, you know? And then it's just good. So whenever we can, sit like Buddha. And then, you know, the next line is never forget to dance, which is like kind of tapping into just like, it's, I guess it's just to ask, like, don't forget to create, especially with your body. Don't forget to be a kid. Because everyone dances when they're a kid. Everyone is freaking goofy and silly when they're a kid. So don't lose your connection to that child, to that innocence. And dancing is one of the best ways to move through emotions. It's kind of the 
you know, you have your sitting meditation, but then you got to balance that's like the yin side of it. But then you got to balance it out with the yang, which is movement, you know, which is, you know, so you got to balance it out with that. Don't lose that connection to the child. And then the other part of it is, um, and you always have another chance, which is basically like, don't give up on yourself, you know, and where that kind of, that message came to me was, you know, and this will be a whole nother podcast when we just, we should just do like a freaking ayahuasca podcast, you know? Yeah. But like, man, this is the first of many podcasts that we're going <laughs> yeah. to especially like considering tomorrow we're just going to do a solo sapiens yeah podcast, man yeah you know? so like right there two days two podcasts we'll drop into psychedelics deeper on another podcast yeah like, yeah dude, this is just the beginning it's just the beginning man it's such a so many shifts recently it's wild and yeah we're just gonna keep showing up and keep growing and yeah that last part is just don't give up on yourself you always have another chance the ego tells you these stories that you're going to fail and that's it. And if you fail, you're going to be rejected or whatever. It's bullshit, you know, and I encountered this deep in an ayahuasca journey. And then I finally, you know, after being at this point of hearing my ego say, just kill yourself. You know, you fucked up enough, like, just kill yourself. Just end this all, you know, for suffering for others, you know, whatever. Just kill yourself. And then luckily, I found like you know, the mother's presence, which is, you know, source, which is love, which is God, which is Jah, Allah, Buddha, Krishna, whatever you want to call it. It's ever forgiving and it's ever loving. So you always got another chance. Fail, fail, baby. Go out and fail, you know, and fail and trip and fall and stumble and then get back up and keep going. Yeah, man. I mean, failure is success. You know, the only time it truly is what we deem as failure is when we give up. Yeah. And I think the true failure is if you don't try. Because the second you try, you can't fail. In a sense, because you fucking tried. Totally. And like, when you don't try, you just are left with a bunch of unanswered questions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, brother, on that note... That feels so good, bro! I love you. I love I you love so you much, too, Just the first of many podcasts. The first of many on this wild journey of yeah, healing man. it, baby. We healing it. We healing it. Healing it so hard from the heart. Keep trying, everyone. Good luck in the food market out there. Yeah. Put on your traditional clothing of love and forgiveness. And go out there and share your harvest. And find yourselves at the food market. Yeah, man, we see you there. We see you there. We be there dancing, laughing, and jiggling. No clothing, just offering all that love. (laughs) We love you so much. Oh, we love you. Keep showing up. Keep shining, baby. Keep shining. Thank you for tuning in to this episode with Cooper and I. It was so much fucking fun to do this dance with Cooper and record this conversation in Tatiana, his bus. I know that y'all enjoyed it. If you got all the way through to this outro and yeah, all I have to say is thank you. Thank you for your support, your time, your energy and tuning in to this, this creation, this container this conversation, this podcast that is just coming straight from my heart. And 
just the utmost gratitude for you. May you have an incredible rest of your day. Um, I encourage you to reach out to someone you haven't talked to in a little while, whether it's a voice message, a text message, a FaceTime call, what have you, and just express your gratitude, give some love. Um, not enough of us are connecting with those that have helped shape us into who we are. Today, we can get lost in our own sauce and, and not connect. Um, definitely speaking from personal experience and connecting with some of my friends, I know that they do the same. And it's really easy nowadays. So yeah, go reach out to someone you love that you haven't talked to in a while. And we will see you next week. Much love, everybody.